we going to have a player strike? If we don't have resolution, yes or no, are we going to have a player strike? The, the clock is ticking. I can't say yes or no, Andrew. The, the point is, again, everyone have leaps spoken to player action. Have you spoken about it? The player strike. The players speak about many different things. You know, ultimately what we're saying here is that there is... There's many steps along this road that we've got to take. Again, the players will determine what they're prepared to do. That's our job. We just present the options. We explain the risks. We explain how to mitigate those risks. And then they choose. I don't run a dictatorship. You know, we run a regime here that allows people to operate in a democracy. That's the whole purpose of a member-led organisation. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget to shop winter on TKD. Player strikes. That sounds pretty dramatic. Scott Sattler joins us on the show. We had a week's hiatus with Scotty last week. He was still getting over the disappointment of Queensland not sweeping the State of Origin series. Scotty, welcome. (laughs) Hey, Duff. How are you, mate? Yes, uh, it all seems to be going around in circles, this whole RLPA versus ARLC slash NRL. Uh, debate at the moment. Uh, no one really knows who's winning the battle, to be quite honest. So tell us the key points. What are the bones of contention here, Scott? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Now, <laughs> the the NRL are saying that they've tried to get back to the table on a number of occasions and uh, they haven't had the RLPA respond to uh, several emails. And um, Peter Volandes was out of the country when all of this first dropped with the RLPA and the media boycott by the players. He's now back in the country and I've got to say, yeah, Peter Volandes is a guy that involved with New South Wales racing is pretty used to getting what he wants. Um, but uh, the RLPA are led to believe that um, that the NRL have said to them, you got to take it or leave it. Simple as that. Now, the NRL are denying that. Uh, you've got, you heard that audio, bit of audio there by the RLPA boss, Clint Newton, where it just seems as though you can't give one straight answer. It's, it's, it's a lot of business jargon that comes from a, uh, you know, comes from you know, the archives and the history of, of how to run a, run a business. But just we just want a straight answer as a rugby league landscape and a rugby league public. What are the bones of contention at the moment? What is it that you're actually fighting over? Because everyone seems to have their own slant on things and we actually don't know what they're fighting over. And um, it's, it can get very boring and very mundane and quite confusing at times. Um, but all I know is that, is that Peter Volandis came out last night in a in a story with uh, Peter Bedell from the Courier Mail News Corp and, and was pretty strong in his stance, more or less saying the RLPA are trying to take money, money away from the Polynesian players and the second-tier representative rugby league players. The RLPA is saying, well, that's absolute nonsense. So we're still at a standoff. Mate, as I've learnt over the years, I was a general news reporter before I became a sports reporter. There are lies, damn lies, and then there's industrial relations. So it's uh, once you get into it, gets a very murky territory. One team tells you it's black, one team tells you it's white, and you've got to find the right shade of grey in the middle. So this is basically about a new collective bargaining agreement, is it? Yeah, it's been going on over 20 months now, and they've agreed to a lot of the points. But there are some points that... Um that, they, that both parties are not agreeing on. And that's where they've got to get back to the table and try and sort it out. Now, um, I'm led to believe that there was, a, there was an arbitrator that wasn't there for a period of eight or nine months and basically just walked away from it and just said, I, I can't handle this anymore. Um, they want to try and bring another mediator in, an independent mediator, which I'm led to believe, if, if we're reading correctly, the NRL 
don't believe they're at that point because now that Volandis is back in Australia, he has always been the the, um, the, the central figure with any negotiations that he's always engaged in. So, um, yeah, the one thing we did hear about that audio with Andrew Voss, one of our colleagues with uh, with Brecky, with uh, Vossi and Brandy, was that is that when he asked the question, have the players spoken about striking? And the RLPA can't give a d- definitive answer because I think they know deep down if the players strike, they don't get paid. So, yeah, they're, they're breaching uh, the broadcasting deal. So, And that's what a uh, you know, majority of the money comes from, two-thirds of the funding. So they, can't, they won't give an answer in a threat of that nature because they know if they do, they won't get paid. Yeah, and you also disenfranchise yourself with you. Disenfranchise your fans, which jeopardises your relationship with them. And they are really, at the end of the day, their interest in your game and their love for the game is where the money comes from, isn't it? That is the that that is the fertiliser, if you like, that, that, that causes the whole thing to grow. So, yeah, fascinating. And hopefully there's a common sense resolution sooner rather than later, Scotty. Well, to their credit, the RLPA have said, we, we don't want to... We don't want to um, you know, penalise the fans. We don't want to penalise the fans. So the media boycott is probably the, you know, the lettuce leaf, the lettuce leaf strike that they they would needed to have to sort of send a message and fire a shot over the bow. It's 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 not you know it's it's not a be all and end all, but it's it still means that we we mean business. So you know, to their credit, they've always said we don't want to penalise the fans, and then they're not penalising the fans by the media boycott. They are for us for a, a portion of the fans that do love hearing from their stars, but there are there's another section of, of fans that sort of feel as though the players give the same answers to the same questions. Um, so, yeah, they some fans are being penalised, but the RLPA have always said they're not trying to penalise fans and they're doing their best not to do that. But at, at the end of the day, if, if this goes any longer and the players do... Uh, decide to the boycott the NR, the NRL's Dally M Night of Nights, which they did back in 2003. And my former teammate and uh, captain Craig Gow was the Dally M Player of the Year that year, and to this date has never received that medal because it's an asterisk next to it. So, um, if they boycott the Dally M's, well, it's happened before, and the NRL are liable to come out and cancel it before they boycott it. So that's what happened back in 2003. I can't see them. Um, changing their uh, changing their routine if that's a threat. And all this is uh, being played out against the backdrop of a very fascinating season. I, I went through the ladder before I uh, came on the show today. The Eels 9th, Rabbitohs 10th, Knights 11th, Sea Eagles 12th, Roosters 13th, Dolphins 14th. Are they all still in finals contention? Well, they are. Um, mathematically, they are. But to be quite honest, the for and against is really going to hurt a lot of sides. I think if you get to 32 points, you'll definitely be in the eight. If you're on 30 to 31, you're going to be fighting on a four and against, which you don't want to do. So I actually went on the NRL website last night, and when you look at the ladder of the NRL website, I'm not sure whether you can do it on the AFL stuff, but you can actually do a ladder predictor. So yep. the remaining six games, you can go through every game, what you think the scoreline deficit's going to be and who's going to win, and it basically gives you your final final table. So you know, I, I had the Knights finishing eighth on 31 points on four and against, and Canberra finishing seventh, South finishing sixth, uh, Melbourne finishing fifth, uh, the Rabbitohs finishing fourth, and then the Warriors, the Broncos, and the Bunnies. Uh, sorry, the Warriors, 
the Broncos and the Panthers as the minor premiers. Now, yeah, we know what happens with injuries, whatever it may be. Everyone mathematically can still make it down to around sort of 12th position, but yeah, you're really going to have to be clutching at scrolls if you're down around yeah those those bottom that bottom part of those sides. So at the moment, we know the Warriors is the team that's really taken the, the competition by storm. They're everyone's second favourite side, and the way they're playing, they'll almost likely get a home semi-final, which would be great. What are you most looking forward to this weekend, mate? Which game captures your imagination? Well, doing the, the Broncos and, and the Roosters at the Gabba, and the reason why I'm looking forward to it is because I haven't been to the Gabba for a while, actually. I went and watched the Lions and Richmond final about four or five years ago, and uh, where Richmond absolutely lapped the Lions that night, and I haven't been back there since, so, and I've definitely never been there for a rugby league game, Duff, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to, to getting to that, that match. What about uh, Cronulla versus Penrith, Nathan Cleary v Nico Hines? How Does that uh, strike a chord with you at all? Well, I just know that Nathan Cleary coming back last week, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat, and the Panthers looked like they were in third gear, to be quite honest. He has the Bulldogs, and yeah, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a completely different kettle of fish to a lot of players. He's on another level. Nathan Cleary, the way that he thinks about the game and, and how methodical he is about the game. So uh, at the moment, the way that both of them are playing, Nico's not playing that bad, but his team isn't going that crash right at the moment. But, yeah, Penrith and Nathan Cleary, they're, they're on a, in a completely different universe at the moment. Mate, a uh, bit of controversy in the NRLW biting. Someone's received yeah. two weeks. Ashley Werner has received a two-week suspension for biting. What's going on there? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. Doesn't make sense, does it? If if it's if you've been found guilty of biting, it, they should rub you out for a, an extended period of time. But I suppose what they're trying to do is retrospectively, they don't play a full season, 27 rounds like we do in the NRL. Um, so only a you know, pretty much less than a half season for the NRLW. So hence why the the suspensions aren't as long. Now many will argue, but hang on a sec, no, it's. If you're biting, it doesn't matter whether you've got a half a season or full season, you should be rubbed out for an extended period of time. The evidence from, the, from all reports was quite clear on the field. Uh, the player reacted straight away to the bite and complained to the referee, and the referee seemed to feel as though that there was enough evidence to, to send the player off. So based on that, Duff, I don't know about you or the listeners, but to me that that seems to me to be a, a lengthy suspension, not two weeks. She was wearing a mouth guard. Uh, the player, Werner, um, and many would say, why would you try and bite someone when you've got a mouth guard in? But of course, your bottom teeth are exposed, and, and her argument is the player had the, had their arm around her mouth, and she was finding it hard to breathe, so the only way to try and defend herself was to to bite, to try and get the arm away. So, uh, And maybe the judiciary has looked at it that way. Maybe the match review committee and judiciary in the NRL has looked at it that way and gone, well, that's a reasonable suspension, but you still shouldn't have done it, so we'll meet you halfway. Either way, it's um, it's an interesting one. Only two weeks for a bite. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. It always gets our attention when there's something like uh, biting in any code. We've had a few over the years in footy. It uh, it, it tends to grab a few headlines. Um, Scotty, always a pleasure to talk to you. Look forward to getting your take on this weekend's fixtures next week. No worries. Thanks, Duff. Scotty Sattler, of course, uh, calls the NRL for SEN. Uh, always a pleasure to have him on the show. We're getting a lot of good texts coming through on the Temperate Bedshed text line on fixtures.
and uh, on, on a couple of other things. We'll get to them after the break. We are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Ute. You can live your own way in the seven-seater Isuzu D-Max. See your Isuzu Ute dealer today.